Hey everybody, welcome back to the Shoot Up Hope channel. This is the Host Speaks podcast. Before we get started today, I just want to say thank you guys for tuning in. This has been an incredible time and we're just really kicking off the year. January was really our slow month. Um, so sit back, relax, and enjoy some more podcasts, as well as we have our first Back to the movie session coming up. Yes, we are at the Berwick Theater, and that'll be dropping here on the channel within the next, well, few days. So hopefully you guys get a chance to check that out. Look forward to that. Today, we're joined by the Avengers of Thaddeus Black, a band from Connecticut. As you know, Chuck Peterson has been on the podcast in the past, and we're just so thankful that we can connect with him again, as well as his band members in the Avengers of Thaddeus Black. We're welcomed today by Purcell Jackson, Lawrence V. White, Doug Wilson III, and of course Chuck Peterson. Guys, how are you doing today? Good, man. Good. Feeling great. <laughs> so I guess the first question, and everybody can kind of jump in, is how did the band get started and where did you guys end up meeting? Corner of 50 and 7th Avenue. Um, I was um, scraping for some change and um, they found me. <laughs> Mm. I remember it like it was yesterday. <laughs> um, I, had, I had to pay his pimp a lot of money to get him out of the game. <laughs> wow. No, so we all met. Um, I mean, actually, all of us in some capacity have played with one, a number, one another, um, just not all together as a band. Uh, Purcell and I have been playing together since I was probably about 14 or 15. Uh, I've known Chuck and Lawrence since I was probably like maybe 18 or 19 years old. And because uh, we used to play for uh, a well-known singer in the Connecticut area. And then, um, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of happened that, that um, someone has suggested that we just we should all play together. And then and, and that's what screwed it all up. Now we're playing. <laughs> so <laughs> blame for that one. Yeah. Y- y'all are welcome. <laughs> we're all so, here yeah so you guys have a new ep coming out in march 11th is that correct yes that's correct yep so yeah. let's talk about that a little bit or maybe even go back into your prior work because i was listening to a song the other day on your youtube channel called red and blue now i don't is is that now that's not a cover correct that is your song right as a band that's right, original, yeah. Right. Okay. What was kind of the inspiration behind that? Because I did say I was I was digging it. I love I love that song. Um, and you guys did it on the social distancing thing a year ago. So obviously that was when COVID was going on. But tell us a little bit of inspiration behind that song. It's uh that would that that ball is in Lawrence and Purcell's court. Yeah. So, so Purcell, Lawrence, you, let you kick it off. off. Yeah, you could kick it off, Lawrence, because that, that actually starts with you. All right, cool. Yeah, so I mean, honestly, it, it began as another song um, that I, I, I originally arranged for another uh, singer in the area. And uh, it was supposed to be a remix to a song that was already out. And I had submitted probably four or five different arrangements and um, ended up that ended up being the song that they didn't want. I was like, OK, no problem at all. No offense taken. It's not not for you. Could be for somebody else. I would say probably maybe a couple weeks later. Uh, I think we had started to form the whole band. I said, "Hey, I got a song. It might be good for us." Slid it over to Purcell. Purcell had already had the lyrics for it, mashed together, and worked it out. Yeah, 
uh, it was it was even weirder than that because if you remember, we started with a completely different song altogether. I think we yep. put in another two or three songs first, and then you reminded me, "Hey, remember this song?" I'm like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> We took a song from a. I, I created the lyrics from another song that I had written. I kind of Frankenstein everything together to make it work the way it did, and it and here it is. Do you find that a lot of your songs, like a lot of songs that are coming up on this new EP, are they former songs that you had written in the past that just didn't like go anywhere at first? That was waiting for that perfect timing. Is that kind of how the industry kind of works? Like, give me a heads up into that industry itself, in the music industry. Is that stuff that happens in your everyday artist lives? I mean, for me, like the lyrics, I literally sit upon a bazillion lyrics that I have sitting here at the desk, um, either half written or fully written, or I had a tune in my head and it didn't quite work out the way I wanted it to. And then all of a sudden, you know, Lawrence or Doug or Chuck will give me a beat or something that says, hey, I got this. And I'll be like, oh, wow, hold on, let me go to the pile. This is a song I did somewhere else, but it never went anywhere. So for me, that's kind of how it goes. I literally just keep a, an encyclopedia of lyrics that are just sitting here, like that in my head have no meaning until I get the music behind it. Some of them are organic too. Like we do have some that you'll that you'll hear at some point in time. I think um, I think someone to love. I think was like it's organic. We all came up with yeah. that like on the spot. Yeah. yeah, I think it. I think I had the theme of it. Like I, I wanted to do a song and I think we ended up doing another, like we ended up doing another version of it on another song, but someone to love was just something we all came up with like right on the spot. And do you find yourself writing the beat to it first or does the lyrics come first or does it like kind of bait and switch? Does it like, it doesn't really matter which one comes first or. It's kind of all yeah. over the place. Right. I mean, really just sometimes, sometimes you just have an idea of just kind of the vibe that you're looking for just just oh I, I wanted to sound like this and you could name i don't know a red hot chili pepper song or a song from anyone mm -hmm. and be like oh, it's just this kind of vibe and it's like oh okay and you could do that and maybe like play with the key change the key and the tempo and a little bit of changes with this and it's like okay well here's a starting point we can have like a like a riff that sounds like this or a drum beat that sounds like that and then just kind of move from there and then and really kind of make something that that's how I mean, that's how a lot of it works. And then I mean, some of it is, you know, like with Red, Red and Blue is already I mean, that song was almost already done by the time mm -hmm. we really started working on it all together. So, yeah, it, it could be anywhere. Yeah. And then do you guys have do you guys find yourself having to keep Chuck on like in check throughout all this process? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes um, I find it necessary that we send down Biff the enforcer to give him a good talking to every now and again because he likes to go off the, the reservation. <laughs> so he's kind of like the last one to hear the song or like understand the beat. It's like you guys get everything else in line and then he's like, okay, uh, we want you to do this with the drums afterwards. <laughs> no, 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 actually, there, there's been songs that we've come up with the drum beat first. And yeah. and then and then everything else came after. I mean, so mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, however, it, however uh, it works out. Some sometimes it feels a little bass backwards, but it works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. A song called Consideration, and 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 the the groove is kind of is kind of weird. Uh, I came up with it when I was in junior high school, or 
what they call middle school nowadays. And, um, and, and it was, it was me practicing like a three-way flam type thing, but didn't quite work, but it worked as a groove. And so, um, so I presented it to other artists that I've worked with bands and they couldn't do anything with it. So I, I gave it to these guys, you know, I just started playing it and they just, you know, they came up with something, you know, like that. So it was, it was pretty impressive. And Purcell had, had the lyrics to it and, and it's, and, it, and yeah. I'm happy, I'm happy because I finally get to use it somewhere after 30 something years. <laughs> well, with, with that song, actually, initially, we your the drum beat for it was reversed you like the original the original drum feel for it that you presented to make it work for the song we we flipped it and, and it's actually we're playing it i guess on the one and three instead of the two and four if you can think of it that way because originally when you when you presented it to us i was like it's going to be hard to make it work this way i said what if we just literally just flip the beat and it's exactly the same, just starting the one on a different spot, essentially. And then and it started, started coming together from there. Right. Yep. So, so we still, we, we, works. Go ahead. No, sorry. Go ahead. Finish up what you were going to say. I was just going to say, we, we still haven't used the original beat yet. We had to flip it first. <laughs> <laughs> Smack it up, flip it, rub it down. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, you could definitely tell by the music. Like, you guys put a lot of heart and soul into it. Uh, Purcell, let me ask you a question because like your voice ranges based off different songs and you can tell the passion, the energy you sing with. So do you, do you um, take inspiration from certain artists when you sing or do you just try to really be yourself and how much do you, do you know how much to put into it? Do you have to like draw yourself back emotionally in between songs? Like, do you just go full out and then find yourself like kind of like pulling yourself back? Um. To answer you backwards, I, I, I literally, I, I practice like I play. It's full in all the time. There's no half stepping with it. Um, it's full throttle for me, um, no matter what song I'm doing. And the guys will tell you, even in practice, I'm, you know, I, I come and go, yeah, I need to take it easy because we got a, a gig coming up and I'll, I'll take it easy. But it's almost like me being at a show. I'm doing the same thing that I would do on the stage as I do in practice. And as far as like, influence or somebody that I, i'll tell you straight out i am a vocal thief um cory glover is the guy i'm stealing from up down left right left and center if if i could figure out a way to get his vocal cords into my throat i would do it um there's no doubt about it i mean i i mean i've got a lot of influences but i i think his voice is something i've tried to model myself after a lot and you guys all have your different influences whether it's on the bass the guitar or the drums I know I do, um, and it, it's a, it's a wide range of drummers because I grew up listening to different styles of music. So I can one minute be listening to John Bonham, and the next minute I'll be listening to Art Blakey, and then the next minute I'll be listening to Joey Jordison or Jay Weinberg, you know, playing with Slipknot, or I could be listening to um, <clears throat> to Woody Woodson playing "It's Your Thing" by, you know um by the Isley brothers. So I have I have so many so many different influences that you know I take little bits and pieces of of them, you know, especially if um if I hear a piece of music and I'm like, oh this reminds me of this. So I want to 
try to put this spin on it, you know, and put that kind of feel on it. But I want to make it like me, you know, I, I want, I want to put that Chuck Peterson stamp on it. And, um, so when people hear it, they'll be like, Oh yeah. Okay. That's yeah. That's Chuck with, with, with a hint of Jeff Beccaro or a hint of Steve Jordan or buddy miles, you know? So, um, so as, yeah, as much as I want to sound like myself, which is something I'm, I'll always work on, you know, I do, I do pay homage to, to those before me. And we try to keep that like as a, as a focus of the band, even in like the, the mix and recording process, like, you know, all of us have like the people who we love and who we love to listen to, but you know, a lot of people, and especially in, you know, 2022, a lot of people are doing things like, you know, sampling drums or not so much sampling drums, but basically replacing drums. So Chuck will play the whole beat, but they're going to put in a different kick from something that was perfectly recorded. We tried our best to make sure that we just perfectly recorded it from the start and, you know, make sure that what you hear from Chuck Peterson is going to be on the record. It's not going to be something that's going to be different. You know, we didn't go and go really crazy on, you know, making things affected or anything like that. What you hear on a record is going to be what you hear on the show for the most part. There yeah, might be raw. very raw. Eight times. Yeah. Yep. And Doug, what about your inspirations? Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's easy for me to say I have a lot of inspirations and stuff like that, but um, it, to get a background on what I listened to growing up, um, some of the biggest things I listened to, you, you know, some of the guys have already said already, but listen to a lot of um, Isley Brothers, Jimi Hendrix, Steve Ray Vaughan, uh, Santana, and then going on further, listening to like Jeff Beck, um, a lot of the jazz, jazz artists and, and stuff like that. And then, you know, a, a little further in life, you know, paying attention more to a lot of um, gospel players and, and things like that, even um, contemporary Christian music styles and stuff like that, as well as, you know, of course, U2 and stuff like that. So um, I kind of take a lot of those things and put it all together so that it's not just you know, a one trick pony where I'm doing one particular style or one particular sound. Um, and that's something that I, um, I spoke <clears throat> kind of uh, very specifically with, especially with Lawrence about this record, wanting to make sure that every song, you know, even maybe to my own detriment of like losing my signature sound, I wanted every song to have um, its own kind of guitar sound. And so actually, and well, my, my board's away, but all my sounds are all, um, they're unique for each and every song and stuff like that. So that it's, it, it is appropriate. It's not just that, oh, this is the only way that I play it, or the only way, the only sound, or only way, you know, things that I have. It's just whatever fits the, the, the need and the feel of that song. Um, so that's, that kind of helps bring it all together for us, you know. And for this EP, so take us a little bit through the process of how long has it taken to get this EP out from like start oh, about to finish? Three like three weeks, three weeks. Three COVID Yeah, that, that's a better way to say it. COVID like really put like a, a huge, like a huge speed bump in the process you know, with, I think we were right in the middle of recording, honestly, when COVID was like at the peak. 
So a lot of us, and I'll, I'll put, I'll raise my hand, like super apprehensive about getting together. And we all, you know, we all do things like with the public and things like that and have families at home. So yeah. we wanted to be as careful as possible. I don't and, have any, you know, <laughs> that's, a, yeah. that's what he says. The long answer is it, it took a long time. It took a it long did. time. Yeah. yeah. We probably started, what, three years ago? Mm-hmm. Two, two and a half, I think. Yeah. 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 I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I know that Chuck dropped the beat to me early on when we were uh, recording down in Pittsburgh for David DeMarco. And he was like, yo, listen to this that we just like recorded or whatever. I was like, oh, dude, that's sick. So I did hear a little nice. bit of it. I don't know what the song was called, um, but how many do you have on this new EP? How many songs are being released? I know for a fact that it's four because I'm compilating a disc right now, even as we speak. <laughs> I swear to God. Things crashed on me over here, so I'm hoping that the last eight or nine work out just the way I want them to. <laughs> so what is that, about 13 then? 13 yeah, so, yeah. yeah. No, no, well, on the EP, there's only four on the EP itself. Yeah. Okay, four on the EP itself. Yeah, the full length The full length will have 10 with one yeah. live cut that we're, that we're going to do this Saturday. Right. And, one, and there's going to be a – is that cover going on there? Yeah, it is. I, I, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. What song on that on the EP are you specifically looking forward to? The audience hearing. Do you guys have a favorite song on the EP? Oof. Every single one of them. Yeah, <laughs> it's tough to, especially since you know, for a lot of them, since I pen most of them. I mean, it's kind of hard to say. Oh God, this is my favorite tune. Um, I, I, I'm. I think I'm more excited about the live song that we're going to put on, I think that's going to be a really, um, should be really interesting. If my voice holds out and they don't kick me out of the band before that. Nah. Yeah, I think they're, they're all I great, think. but I think uh, the title cut is the one for me. I, I think just the, um, the amount of dynamics from start to beginning from, uh, for the world we live in, is a it's just a full spectrum, you know, just like the band. You know, it starts like very just one instrument all the way to just like full out, just wilding out. So I think that's probably like my my favorite of the album. He's only saying that because he came up with the bass line. Nah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah. Um, nah. I, no, I it is. It. No, I, I, I have to agree with uh, with Lawrence on on that point where the dynamics just goes up and up and up and up, and then it comes down and then back up again. Um, yeah. It's it's a very emotional song, and uh, and I I love how Purcell delivers on that song, and even though on the EP it's not the last song, when we do the full length, it's going to be the last song because. Yeah. Because it's that powerful, I want people to think about, you know, not not just the song, but their own lives, their own relationships, um, the world that they live in, and what's going on in their lives. You know, I think I think it's very important to have that as the last song on the full record. With the exception of Doug's reception solo, it's probably like my first. That's probably like my favorite Doug solo. Mm. Oh, which song? The world, the world of him. You you oh. beat you beat that guitar oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. funny. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> that was just powerful, you know. Yeah. And Doug, did you did you answer that question by chance? I don't know. Did, 
did you have a favorite song on the EP coming up? Um, man, I I have I I guess I have some some favorite solos. I don't. It's hard to say um, favorite song. Um, I, I'm not trying to say it like that, but I actually it was. Ver I'm very excited about you know kind of just releasing out and playing with some of these sounds and and just doing something different. Um, but I, I I can agree with the rest of the guys. I, I think that's a really cool song. I like the I'm not to spoil it all, but you know, as you get there's there's some there's some real dynamics to that song where um it's there's an intro, there's there's um kind of just your your more typical parts to it, and then there's this whole ending and vamp part that's at the end that's just is is pretty brutal. It's pretty great. So um that that that's what makes that song real great. As a filmmaker, I know there's certain scenes where I do like films and short films and even just little segments here and there on the youtube channel and i'm like oh, okay this scene like it's kind of like a filler scene but i don't really know how it's going to turn out i was like there's some things that like i don't know I, as a writer and a director i kind of put in the background i'm like okay like this could be the make or break moment is it iffy is it not and then do you guys ever find that sometimes there's songs that surprise you it's like okay this is like obviously you're putting your heart and soul into it but is there like songs that kind of have that shock effect like wow this turned out a lot better than i thought does that ever happen in the for you guys? Well, yeah, with this one, like with the world that we live in, like I for a while, um, for the hook of the song, I just was playing, I don't know, very vanilla power chords, and then I switched it over. I wish I had I don't have the track in my in my computer, but I switched it over a little bit yeah. and I kind of I kind of changed it over to this almost like foo fighter sound. And um yeah. Yep. And it, that's I was that's kind of kind of like changed it all over, you know. So like it, it, sometimes, yeah, yeah, dude, that's yeah. that's that 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 fixed the whole thing. Um, <laughs> so that was it. <laughs> yeah, as I think we, I don't know, I'm trying to remember. Were we all there when I did that? I think so. And I was like, yeah, that's so much better. Um, because you know, it's it's one thing when you're playing it live and you think it's working great and you're just playing it and you've only been playing like just in the live situation, but when you start having to actually listen back to it and you're like, huh, I mean, it's right, but it's not right. You know, it's like, okay, yeah. what do we got to do? And, and so um, th that, yeah, not to harp on that one song, but um, it's easy enough. <laughs> it's, easy, <laughs> it's easy to do it there. That one says it's fresh in my mind. I think I would have to say for me, it would be like, uh, turn it on again. Turn it on oh, again was like, it was like the song where it's a good song already. And I think we did a good job, like making it our own uh, with Chuck's, you know, interpretation of the beat. And then, you know, with just us kind of putting our own, our own feel to it, you know, yeah. it just feels like a, a new tune, like all yeah. together. Yeah. Um, just as a heads up guys, um, I did let someone, I sneaked it out to a, a good musician friend of mine and he said, we play it better than Genesis ever could. That's was that? that you snuck it out to? I hope so. Was that? I said, was that Phil Collins that you snuck that song to? <laughs> no, I think Phil was fooling me at that point, saying, okay, I want my royalties. <laughs> <laughs> they're coming. Trust me, they're coming. Yeah. <laughs> it's a matter of time, but they're coming. Yeah. Right. Thank you, Aren't BMI. On your, on your social medias, now, obviously, you guys said about COVID kind of slowed down the process, but over the past few months to like a year, I've seen you guys have performed at different places and different venues. Um, 
A, I guess I'll ask a question. Which one's been your favorite to perform at? And how many exactly have you kind of done over the course of a year or two? My favorite venue is the one that lets me get up and play. I just want to play. <laughs> <laughs> also, I, I, by the way, personal, I have to say, I saw the video of your cover to Superstition, by the way, or when you were up <laughs> on stage. I did love that, by the way. That was beautiful. So well done. My, we're my, wife, my wife is probably laughing her head off right now. She knows how much I detest that song. <laughs> oh, so you actually didn't like that song. I, so so the, the thing with me in that song is I've been doing it probably for about 40 years with one band over and over again. One of the local bands here, um, the Savage Brothers. Um, anytime they see me, that's the song I'm playing. And my wife gets a trip out of it because... She knows I, I can't stand it to do it anymore, so it's just a big laugh for her. But I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> I think uh, I think one of the one of one of the one of my favorite places that we played was the Arch Street Tavern in Hartford. One hundred percent. You know, it was it was great because the crowd. For an original band, the crowd loved us, and and we were playing one of our songs, and they were, you know, they were singing along to it. You know, we just kind of stopped playing and let them let them sing, and it was just really powerful. It was it was a great feeling, you know. So we need we need more places like that here in Connecticut. That place always has a great vibe. Um, what'd you say? I said it was a great sleep deprived show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that that. <laughs> yeah, but, but but yeah, that place always has a really good vibe, and they always, you know, really for whatever reason, seem to find really great musicians, great bands. You you see Doobie Powell playing there. You see, um, so many good bands that play at that 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 spot. Um, so it's always a good feeling. They, I don't know how, I don't know what makes that place any different, but it's it's uh it's really it's really nice to play there. Yeah, and Purcell, <laughs> Purcell, I'm you know falling asleep in the. Perfect. I had to catch a nap, man. I had to catch a nap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nobody, nobody realized what was going on. That's all that matters. No, but you you made it. You made it look good. You made it look stylish, man. So it was it was cool. I was like, he's really digging in. Taking it to the Z's. Got to get a nap in. Got to get a nap in. Now, what was your least favorite place? Don't answer that. Don't answer that. My least favorite place was the one that didn't let me play. The one that paid you the least, right? Nah. You know what? I do have a least favorite place, and Doug remembers this place when they. Uh, I can't. I really wish I could remember the name of it, but do you remember when CBP? Um, we were told that uh, they weren't. They they were used to a better class of musician there. Oh man, I remember the comment. I don't remember the place. It was somewhere in Manchester that's not in business anymore. So again, I guess that kind of shows how they were. Like they so told you that after you performed? No, 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 no. So we had a uh, pseudo man, pseudo manager that um got us the gig, and um, 
I had come there and I had I had played there for an open mic and they were like, oh yeah, so you're gonna be here. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. My whole band's gonna be here. And they're like, oh, this is great. And then a day later, I get it from the our manager going, uh, yeah, they said that they that you're not ready to perform on their stage yet, that they they have a better class of musician that they want to have there. And I went, I've heard their bands there better than what? You know, it's like they pretty much thought we were going to just be playing hip hop or something like that. Cause we didn't look like the typical like cover band. It was, it was just weird, but like, and I remember raising a stink about it. And then all of a sudden I get a call back. Oh no, no, no. They want you to play. They didn't want you to think it was, I'm like, I don't want to play there now. Are you crazy? <laughs> you gotta, yeah. You I don't, I don't blame you. So, <clears throat> I really was, it was right next to the cosmic omelet over there somewhere. Uh, I think I have an idea of where that was. I have an idea. Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put it out there. I'll burn them. I'll burn them. <laughs> I don't care. Like I said, they're not I, in business. It's, it's, they're not in business anymore. It's a. It's a Mexican restaurant now, which is a, yeah. a very in, inter interesting. Go. A very interesting re Mexican restaurant now. Yeah. Oh, no Mexicans work there, huh? Uh, they were closed on Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> 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 wow! <laughs> he needed he needed a to work there, I guess. I, I that one that one confused me. I said, you know, I I wanted to go try out the new Mexican place, and I walked in there. I walked over there, or not walked over. I I got out of my car, I walked up to the door, and I was like, "What is this? <laughs> Single day mile? This is your day?" I was, All right, whatever. <laughs> This is, this is the, out of any day, you should be open. This should be the one. I know, I know. It's like a pizza place not being open in Super Bowl. I mean, come on now. Oh, yeah, just yeah, if you have, yeah. Pizza or wing place? Yeah, you're you're crazy if you're not open on that Sunday. Extended hours or something. So social media has is of course a big part of, especially you know the 21st century and what artists do and being able to showcase their talents. Um, for this EP, how are you guys planning on marketing it on social media? Uh, a lot of begging in the streets. Um, <laughs> well, me and Zuckerberg are working on that actually right now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been I've been doing word of mouth, you know, um, I've been I've been posting posting every once in a while here and there. And um I'm trying to get these other guys to post, but they don't do it. So I, I, I got nothing interesting to say, you know, on Facebook or uh, a lot. No, I, don't, I don't really post that much, but because I'm I, like, I have friends who are like really clever with what what they come up with, and I'm dying in hysterics just seeing their posts, and I'm like, yeah, I can't, I got nothing, you know. So I'll just, but um, but yeah, mainly mainly word of mouth, you know, on social media and in person, you know, and, yeah. uh, um, you know, we'll have, we'll actually have the, e, you know, the EP physical copy available at the show. So, and, you know, I tell people, you know, okay, come down and hang out. You know, we're doing a live recording. You get to be a part of it. You know, you get to be a part of the album if you come down. So hopefully that's some, that's some incentive for them to, to stop in and hang you know well, and where's that taking place it. at just so the audience knows we are playing at bleachers bar in bristol connecticut so if you're out of state come on through 
We'll leave a light on for you. This is the kind of thing, and I, I, this is not a cop-out, I, and I do, because I do say this with, I play with another group, and we say the same thing, but this is true about both groups. The one I, other, another group I play for in this is that this is a type of band that you'd have to experience live um, to really kind of get a better understanding for it. Um, <clears throat> there's gonna, I mean, there's some other ones and there's other places, people that play for where, you know, if you just heard the recording, it would make sense. Or if you, and I'm not saying that it, our album doesn't make sense by itself, but um, when you experience the, the live, you know, aspect of it, it makes a lot more sense. And it's a, it's a, it's a, I feel like is the best way to experience it. So I think that's also the best way to market it. And um, so as, as we, you know, continue to play live uh, to capitalize on those shows and make sure that people understand and know and just go from there. I mean, me personally, I mean, I, I do open mics without these guys all the time. And of course I hear the, Oh my God, you should be in a band. I actually am in two of them. Let's um, here's where we're playing next. Why don't you show up? You know, so I've gotten a few people to say there, oh, yeah, we're coming down to this. We're coming down to that. As a matter of fact, Chuck and I um, played at um, at a place. Um, what was that? Was that Friday, Chuck? Yeah, Tipping Chair. Yeah, Tipping Chair Friday. And just from us doing something with a different band, we garnered, oh, my God, I can't wait to see you guys in your band play live. So, yeah. Yeah. We had the energy, the fire. Fire. Earth, wind, and fire. Um, yeah, no, that, that's that's actually spot on what Doug said about it, it's definitely an experience to see us live, you know. And I've said it once, and I'll say it again. Purcell is a hell of a front man, you know, and you got to come down and see that alone, you know, because it's 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 powerful. And uh, Lawrence, he's he's very laid back. I, I, I was happy what he said. He he uh he says I need to move around a little bit more on stage, you know. So <laughs> but he's he's hold he's holding it down, man. He's like he's he's the calm cool, you know, and he and and even though he, he looks calm on stage, there's a lot going on with what he's doing. You know, sometimes I just look at him, look over at him like, where the hell did that come from? <laughs> you know? And you get and, one, you get one of those with every gig with Lawrence. <laughs> I, well, me being the drummer and and I'm so close to what he's doing, you know, I'm a little bit more sensitive to to what he's doing and where he's going. I get a lot of those moments, you know, and then and then I'll jump in on it with him, you know, and then we'll we'll have fun with it. And uh, Doug, he's he's such a dynamic player. Um, like he, he comes up with all these all these different sounds and it just it just takes it to a whole nother level when he does that and when he does that we all go with him and take it to that whole other level and so, so it definitely it definitely is an experience it's almost like listening to a, to a doors album or going to see the doors now obviously I wasn't alive you know when Jim Morrison died but I can only imagine what those shows were like when they you know were in I mean? tune. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the you mean when no, they were over? 
yeah yeah the doors were known to like not be quite in tune just to be that little bit out of tune and they were just like whatever we're playing (laughs) but but it was the whole you know the whole vibe right you know that's right yeah the four of them together just you know was and you guys at the beginning of this podcast you guys one of you guys said that you guys have known each other for years dating back like the teenage years and Therefore, so of course, you guys have always had this bond as a as a group, not only as friends but musicians. But how has this over the last over whether it was COVID or the Thaddeus Black Band, how does how has it brought you closer together, made you bond more? Oh, we hate each other. Yeah. (laughs) No, I think um, well, like the little the little backstory here, um, Doug. Lawrence and I, we've, you know, we've cut records and done, and done tours together and all that stuff. And so we've, we always had, had that bond. And I think, <clears throat> I don't think, I don't think it's any, any different in my opinion, because for me, it's always been there. You know, that brotherhood has always been there. And, and, and these were the cats that I chose to be in this band because of that, you know, and because um, I knew we worked well together with other people on their records at their shows, you know, how, how cool would it be to do our own stuff? And, right. and it became everything that, that I imagined it to be. So uh, there's, a, it's definitely uh, the, the force is powerful with these with these ones and in Purcell, you know, he's, you know, he's worked with Doug. So he's, so pretty much he's been a part of it the whole time, just on a different, just, on, you know, on a different spectrum. And, right. and, and the four of us together is just, it just makes it, it just makes it work in it. And it's, and it's, and it's glue and it's, it's definitely a brotherhood. You know, we have, we have, we have complete fun together. Uh, I, I remember one of our first meetings before we even started playing together. Do you remember this when we were at Denny's and we had the whole place oh, yeah. cracked up? Oh yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and, and people were coming up to us. Like, Who are you guys? Are you guys, you know, a comedy show or, or whatever? And I said, no, we're a band. So, so the fact wow. that, so the fact that, bef- you know, before the four of us started playing together, that people noticed us, they noticed our vibe, you know, and this is before we picked up instruments as, as a collective, you know, as a unit. So I, that to me is a testament of, of, of something that's really powerful here. I mean, I've damn, I mean, I've pretty much been part of like Doug whole, you know, I could be literally part of the family at at his house. I mean, I've been there for every major milestone, like literally every one. First girlfriend, first baby, first wife. I mean, it's just all there. Um, not in that order, by the way. I'm glad so, he didn't say first. first <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, like, he and I, I mean, literally, he, he's been my right-hand man for, we're going to, what, 15 years now? It's got to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's I mean, like, a long time. He and I have been doing doing things forever. A long time. He and I have been doing like, the I'm damn. I'm only thing. nineteen. 
<laughs> and, and we've been and doing the damn thing forever. Yeah, and it's and it's funny because you know there there are those people that you know you know you've you know, you've met at a point in your life, but you don't remember how you met. You know that's 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 how much the bond is there. It's like you've known them forever. You've known them for yeah. your, and that's how that's how I feel with these guys. You know, that's true. That's very true. So. I mean, this whole thing didn't almost work out. I mean, if I hadn't run into Chuck again at the gas station and go, hey, uh, right. <laughs> are you still right. planning on doing something? And I was like, no, I didn't want to start a thing. But I'm glad I did. I'm glad I did because, you know, this is this is something awesome and something great and something powerful. And and hopefully we, we can get a lot of people to experience, you know, what we experience, even though they may not be on the stage with us, but they're a part of it with us because they are, they are there with us, you know? So they get to experience the same things that we do just, you know, on the, on the other side of the fence. So you guys of course have, shared a lot of your story and I don't know if we covered this. I guess I have one last question is where did the adventures of Thaddeus Black come from? Like what, what reference does that have or what's the meaning behind that title? So this, this, this goes back to the days of when I was in a band with a mutual friend of all of ours who actually it was, it was Jamie Jamie Brennan, who was kind of like the nucleus of this band getting together, you know, well, at Doug's party. But um, but I was in a band with Jamie, oh, man, probably like 15 years ago. And he had he had the this was an this was supposed to be an album title. And so so the album title was The Adventures of Thaddeus Black, but that album never happened. So I decided to use it as a band name back in 2010. We only did like three or four shows and then the band split up and this was a different car, you know, different incarnation of, of the band. You know, this is the, the newer, the, the, the Thaddeus black 2.0. And, um, <laughs> and so, so it really came from, a, I think, I think the name Thaddeus actually came from one of Jamie's like relatives. I think that was like one of his one of his relatives names. And so he decided to make the album out of that. But again, the album never happened. And Jamie, we had a conversation one time and we decided that, you know, this guy Thaddeus Black, he's a, you know, he's like a funk superhero who's bringing like good music to the world and, and all that stuff. And then we said, who is Thaddeus Black? And we both looked at each other and without, without missing a beat, we both said Harold Sargent and Harold, he, um, Harold is a great dude. He just passed away in 2020, but Harold got my dad started with the wood, brass and steel band, which later became the sugar Hill uh, house band. Um, He helped Bootsy Collins get his, uh, he helped out Bootsy Collins when Bootsy got his gig with James Brown. He helped out a lot of musicians and just knew good music. And even in his seventies, you see him at a living color show, jumping up and down, you know, and just digging, you know, digging the sounds and all that stuff. And I literally seen him do this. 
And if, uh, if something was really funky, he'll bite your shoulder, you know? So he'll be like, that's the funky shit. And he'll bite, <laughs> he'll literally bite your shoulder, you know? But, um, but Harold was a, Harold is responsible for a lot of people's careers. So uh, we, we talked about dressing him up in a Superman costume with the T on it. And we're like, ah, he wouldn't go for that. We told him about it. He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Yeah, of course I'll do it. You know, and then a few years later, he goes, what am I going to dress up in the Superman costume? You know, unfortunately, we, we never got to, to do that for him. But, but this album and this band name is definitely an homage to Harold and who he was to not just the Hartford community, but the Hartford music community, but to a lot of well-known artists that are out there. And if you watch the matrix, it's the, uh, the scene with, uh, when they're walking down the street and Neo sees the lady with the red dress, you hear that drum, you hear that drum groove. That's actually Harold playing. And we just found this out like a couple of years ago. And it was uh, it was for a band called Skull Snaps that he recorded. I think I want to say in like the seventies or whatever. And they and the, whoever did the music for the Matrix, they used that groove for that for that one scene. So Harold is definitely he's he's definitely one of the good ones, and I, I, I miss him. I miss him to death. So that's that's pretty much where the name came from. No, that's awesome. A good inspiration and, and the fact that like you can pinpoint to a certain person basically name that after and stuff like that like that that's awesome um so guys um thank you for joining me it's been a blast oh, and no um where can people find your work at uh what's your social media is that they can potentially follow you at uh lawrence you're the tech dude go ahead <laughs> well, the website uh the website is www.daddiesblackband.com and from there all of our all of our social media is there for us individually as well as the band yeah and then we have uh thaddeus uh thaddeus black band on instagram and we have the adventures of thaddeus black on facebook you can get it all from the website. All, all the links are there. The album will be there as well. Uh, so when we do drop the album on 311, uh, you can go there and you'll be able to uh, go to your preferred digital platform, whether it's Spotify or, you know, uh, any of the uh, any of the digital music platforms. And I believe we'll probably do the same thing we did with the single. It will be available on Bandcamp probably the week before uh, for those who want to purchase it early. And, you know, at Bandcamp, you can name your price. You know, you don't have to pay just the the four dollars. You could pay twenty dollars if you wanted to, and it all goes back to the dollars. If you want, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> so it all goes back to the band. I mean, we have a whole another EP, EP two that is uh, you know on its way. That's in pretty much post production at this point. So you know, it definitely helps further the process. Ladies and gentlemen, Purcell Jackson. Lawrence White, Chuck Peterson, and Doug Wilson, everybody. Thank you all for joining me on this episode. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.